Welcome to Estes Hour of Love! Hey guys, Grace and Essie here. Um, this episode, episode 28, was really exciting for us. It was special. It was a special one. special. We have two amazing guests on the show, Alan Epstein and Yvonne Tropp. She goes by Pooch, so everybody should just remember Alan and Pooch. That'll be helpful throughout this one. Uh, so I've actually heard about Alan. Alan is a dear friend of the podcast, Alison Caden's grandfather. And he just has always sounded like the coolest guy. <laughs> like everybody needs to know him. Yeah. And um, he just loves love like me. He throws these epic parties, which I can't wait to one day to be, be invited. invited to. <laughs> hint, hint. Um, so we find, then he finally threw this incredible party recently a very recent party that we will go into in the podcast but that sort of like sealed the deal of that we need to interview him it was apparently a a party to remember yeah and so this was actually the first time that we had there was five of us sitting at the table talking to them so there was alan pooch myself grace and also um allison the the um granddaughter alan's granddaughter so uh, we have a big thanks actually to Liz and Richard for uh, Alison's uh, parents who drove us up to uh, Mimarinic to... Yes, um, that's Westchester area. County, yeah, I think something <laughs> like that. Uh, and Alan and Pooch took us to the country club for we lunch. A, we had a lovely day. A little swim, a little ice cream. So it was uh, incredible. The only thing that you need to know about this episode is that Pooch's previous partner was also called Alan. So she's married to Alan now, who we interviewed, but her previous partner was also called Alan. It's an easy name for her to remember. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a little special uh, piece right at the end. Yes. Um, Alan is apparently a beautiful piano player, and recently, in, the, in recent years, re- he decided to record himself playing for the family and he shared this beautiful album with us, and we have a little feature at the end. So thanks to everyone that helped produce this podcast, Jimmy, Nancy, Allison. Allison, thank you. <laughs> yeah, amazing, and we really hope you enjoy the episode. which I'm sure we'll end up talking about, has become the party of the century. It really and is. the whole world knows about it. Strangers come up to me it's true. and congratulate me. I don't even know who they are. So you may not get anything new. Oh. <laughs> I well, we're going to do a little bit of background. and then Yeah, yeah let's, I think let's sort of... I would love to hear a little bit about... Because I know that you both have had partners beforehand. Um, and I sort of wanted if we could sort of go back Start talking, we're ready. Yeah, um, so let's let's sort of take it back to where did you guys grow up and where did you go to college and maybe just a little bit about about each other and we can sort of just take turns. Is, is it working? Yeah, yeah, we're all on. Oh, oh, oh. well, I was, I was raised on the streets of New York. I'm a New York City boy, ended up at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire, which is a completely 
unique experience for me being a city boy and graduated in 1947, so I'm going back to my 70th reunion. 70th reunion? Yes. That's incredible. So when, so if we're going to go, what was the dating scene like at Dartmouth at this time? Well, Dartmouth was not co-ed. So not much of a dating scene. <laughs> well, it was all male. Uh, it was it was during World War Two, so it was a, really more of a naval training station for officers than a college. There were roughly twenty two hundred men who were either trying to be officers or Marine Corps, and there were maybe two hundred and fifty civilians who were either under eighteen or were four F. I mean, they had some physical disability. So the dating scene was uh, not, not you know, there's some local women around, but really not too much. So you're surrounded by a lot of young men with, with not many women <coughs> around, prime, prime of their life. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so when did, you, uh, when did you sort of first experience love and fall in love? When I met my wife, Sally, in 1952. How did that happen? Well, I was, uh, to make a long story long, Please. <laughs> uh, my good friend Johnny Jacobson, who, had, who just died recently, who had a bigger influence on me than anyone, because he introduced me to my wife, and he brought me into the brokerage business, which was my career. And John was dating a gal by the name of Barbara, and Barbara was going off to Europe, and they agreed that they would date during that period when they were apart. Date other people? Other people. Okay. And, Quite progressive. And, and, and John dated three gals, and Barbara was coming back. So he gave the prettiest name of the prettiest girl, Mary Jane, to his brother. They got married. It didn't last forever, but they got married. He gave me the choice of two gals. One was a great athlete and a lot of fun. That was Sally, my wife. And another girl by the name of Barbara, who was very pretty and liked to dance at the pier. <laughs> I chose Sally. And then we introduced Barbara to one of my friends, and they got married, and that lasted until he unfortunately died a number of years ago. So Sally was introduced to me by Johnny Jacobson. Do you remember the first day you met her? Absolutely. What happened? We went out to a, a local bar and up in, out in Woodmere, and she must have thought I was a drunken because I drank an awful lot. We had a good time. <laughs> so did you, did you court her? How did you, how did you sort of make your move? Well, let's say, <coughs> let's say a year went by. We were dating quite regularly, and... One day it dawned on me, I should get married. Proposed in September 1953, we were wed at the Woodmere Club mm. in Long Island. And lived happily until she passed away sadly in 2009. It's a long marriage. Yes, it was a marriage, good marriage. Mm. Great marriage. And Pooch, what about you? Where, what, where are you sort of from and... and led to sort I, of your first I love. grew up just a mile down the post road oh, in Greenhaven. Wow. And I went to Bellows High School, which is now the grammar school. 
and it wasn't a great high school. And so my father was determined that his three children would go to the right schools. So he sent us off to private schools, boarding schools. And I ended up graduating from Baldwin in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, and therefore was able to get into the right schools. Ended up at Brown. My late husband was at Union in Schenectady. And I knew him because he was one of my brother's best friends in the temple way back when. And so I was somehow attracted, I won't say in love, but attracted to each of my brother's friends every year, a different one. And eventually when my mother gave my brother his birthday party after he was already freshman in college, she knew that I was suddenly attracted to this guy, Alan Trapp. And so she wrote to him and said, please come to the party, but don't bring a date. I want Pooch to be your date. And he fell in love with me immediately, and I just wasn't so sure. It took me until the following August to say, okay, we're a pair. And then a year later, I went off to college. I didn't date much in college because I'd get on the bus and go to Schenectady maybe every six weeks or so and visit my new boyfriend. And we eventually got married after five years of dating because I was only a kid when we first dated. And we got married in August of 1953. Oh, wow. And then 38 years later, he had a sinus problem that was not well cared for. And he ended up with surgery and died. Mm. So that was 26 years ago. Did you, did you two ever, um, did you ever think that there would be a, a second great love? You know, when well, I was pretty young when my husband died. I was only 58, so the dating game was not fun, but I'd date people on and off. Sometimes I would like them, sometimes they would like me, but there was never a good match until years went by. And yeah, let's hear the story of how you two came together. Well, shall I start it? Start. I'll start. Um, Alan will tell you, <coughs> excuse me, that he roomed at Dartmouth in college with my sister's first husband. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> and he and Sally, eventually being married, would come to my home in Greenhaven and visit. But being the baby sister, I knew who all my sister's friends were, but not the way the older people looked down at the baby sister and knew me. But Alan and Sally, and my Alan and I would bump into each other maybe every five years at a dinner party or something. Hello, how are you? Nice to see you. How are your kids? And so when Sally died, I saw her name in the New York Times obit column. So I wrote him an obit note, a condolence note, wouldn't you? And he wrote me back the most beautiful note that a man has ever written. I didn't know men could write such beautiful notes. <laughs> Talking about our 50-year friendship. Huh? <laughs> I didn't know what I was talking about, but having been through many years of dating, I thought, well, don't let this drop. So I wrote him a second note, and I enclosed a little square card with a self-addressed envelope with four squares on it, asked him to check one. Number one, let's have dinner sometime. Number two, how about just a cup of coffee? Number three, let's wait a month or two. It hadn't been long since he lost his dear Sally. And number four, I don't think so, but thanks for thinking of me. And he called me, and he said, come on over, I'd like to show you my house, and we'll have a drink, and then we'll go out to dinner. Okay. So I go over to his house, I walk in the door, and he says to me, I quote, I'm not going to any giant games. How did he know I was a giant fan? <laughs> and I'm not getting married again. Huh? I thought he was crazy. 
Well, but, Alan, yeah, I think you need to speak up here. Well, it's very, it's very simple. Uh, I knew the Trump family and the Eskin family very well. I really was at their house a lot with other people, uh, with my roommate, former roommate, and his wife, and and Pooch was there, and I really, I felt I really knew Pooch quite well. And the fact is, when she walked in the door for the dinner that I prepared on, and I, at my house, I knew that we were going to get together before she walked in the door. That's why it was easy for me to say the things that I said. But hang on, how did you know that? It was a feeling I had. He not only knew me, but he knew I was a huge Giants fan, so he knew I liked sports. That's his second love. But he also knew that I loved music <clears throat> because I was on the board of the Westchester Philharmonic and he'd see my ads and my name in the Westchester Philharmonic right. program. And he is absolutely passionate about music. Alan, what was that feeling like, if it was a feeling? You mean about Pooch? Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. I just felt I just knew. Knowing her for 50 years, <laughs> I know that we would be very compatible and I'd love to be with her. So what, did you plan a bit of a, do you have a plan of action of how you were going to? Well, I will interrupt here. He made dinner for me that night at home. How many men do you know that are going to make dinner? I was about to say, a pretty strong plan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it shocked me. So then we had a second date, maybe a month later. Cause Pooch, you were did you to... think you were going on a date though? When you were coming he over? Said, he said we were going to go out to dinner, I thought. And I was impressed that he made dinner for me, but so what? He was a very nice man. But then his family was all taking very good care of him. You were going up to, where were you going? Well, I went to, after my wife passed away, my daughter Peggy and her family were going to Italy, and they insisted I go to Italy with them. So I didn't really have much time to do. We went to Italy and we had a special time in Italy. Came home and there was pooch. That was pooch. <laughs> so then we had a second date and went to plates for dinner. Yep. And he just knew, and so we was already making plans for the third date and the fourth date and the twenty-fifth date. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. So pooch, what um, what attracted you to Alan? What was it that? Well, all that I just told you shocked yeah. me, and the fact that he cared so much about me right away, and I liked him. This is a great man. Everybody loves him. Mm. And here I was with this great man, and I wasn't going to let him go so fast. <laughs> so we just had a wonderful time together. We talked about our families. We talked about our schooling. We talked about our friends. We talked about everything and just got along so well on that second date that by the end of the second date, we knew we were going to be together. So you've got three women in their 20s going into early 30s sitting at this table with you who are learning about love right now and going through different experiences. What, through all your experience of having two very great marriages, which is, I feel like is quite unique nowadays. That's a shame. You know, it is a shame. Um, what would, what's your, what have you learned over these years? What has made... Well, I'll tell you one of the things that my wife felt about your generation and even people a little older than you but your instant gratification, if you're listening to, watching television and you don't like what's on Channel 4, you switch to number 25. If you don't like 25, you switch to 13. And you don't stick to it. No stick to it. And it's important 
that you just don't jump around like that. And I will interject too. When I graduated from college in 1953 and was getting married immediately because my husband had been in the armed forces and was coming home and we got married immediately, if I had turned 25 in those days, I would have been considered an old maid. And today, nobody gets married at that age anymore. So it's just a very different world today. So we don't expect all of you, even if you do have a steady bow, to get married right away. And in fact, when my husband graduated, no, excuse me, we went back for a reunion 10 years later. And in the booklet, in the graduation booklet, somebody actually damned two of the graduates, men, because they were getting married right away. Hmm. And this person in the booklet said, how could you do that? Well, in our day, how could you not do that? Right. It's just a different world today. So how did this uh, marriage come along, that, <laughs> the, this wedding that happened? What was it, like six months ago? Because mm -hmm. I have to tell you, Alan, I've heard about... It wasn't six months ago. Oh, well, how long was it? Three six months. Weeks Three ago. months ago. Six yeah. weeks ago. Six weeks ago. Well, it was April 8th. Because yeah. I've heard about your parties. Because <laughs> what was the theme, okay, two, two years ago? Two years ago, it was just a dance party theme, but... Wasn't it 1930s or it was, no, it was just dancing. It we was dancing, it. but there were definitely, like, Fred Astaire movies oh. playing, and, I mean, there were themes per table of different styles of dance. And well, I think we had a television going of... Uh, Shirley Temple dancing with Bill Robinson. I don't know if you even remember that. I, Fred Astaire and, and Ginger Rogers... The names mean. Yeah. I, I, you guys, I know. We I have, grew up. We have a copy of the invitation place. upstairs, and it says, Come dance with me. That was oh. the party. He just left to give And party. I just had, wanted to have another party, and this time I thought it should be baseball because it would fit in with the opening of the baseball season. And also, you can make another good tape of Lou Gehrig leaving baseball, Babe Ruth hitting a home run, blah, 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 blah. So. And I will continue. We sent out those invitations, and everybody kept asking, why are you having this party? Is it a birthday? Because we had just celebrated some 90th and 85th birthdays a month before. Are you getting married? No, 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 nothing. We just, he loves to have a party. It was at least two weeks later, when everybody was already responding, that all of a sudden he wakes up in the middle of the night, and when I finally woke up, he said, I want you to marry me. How come? He said, because I love you. And that was, we'll never know why all of a sudden, seven years later, because the only change in our lives now is that we're wearing wedding rings. But and we're going on a honeymoon. And we're now going on a honeymoon, yes. But all of a sudden, the middle of the night, after the invitation had long since gone out, he said, we're going to get married. But we only told, not even the grandchildren, we told the six daughters. I have four daughters. Alan has two daughters. We were having lunch or only dinner girls. with them once. We have 12 grandsons combined, one good girl. Allison. I'm the only granddaughter, but they have six daughters. Six daughters, 12 grandsons, and one granddaughter. So we happen to be having a meal with Peggy and her husband and Liz and her husband one day about a month before the party. And all of a sudden I realized, how often does this happen that the six of us can just nicely be together alone? So I sort of nudged him and I said, maybe we ought to tell them. Well, he just got so excited, and he told them. But we didn't tell anybody else. They told their husbands, but nobody else. And we shocked the world. And your father called 
Alan one day, and about a week before the party, and said, we're so excited, we can't wait for our children to find out you got ma you're getting married. <laughs> it was just a big secret. I can't answer, I, I will tell you that when, if you ask me why, when I asked Pooch, and the light must have been on, I don't quite figure why the light Maybe the moon on. was coming in. <laughs> but if you saw her, the response, uh, the joy on her face, you knew I had done the right thing. Yeah. Just, I just knew it. Because yeah. Alan, one of the first things you said to her was, you're not getting married well, again. That's right. Uh, well, that was one of the theme at the party, where I mentioned how we change our minds once in a while. I don't go to giant games, which I said, and I still don't like going. And I also said that I wasn't going to get married, but you know, I changed my mind. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get married now. Rabbi Woke, will you please come up to the podium? And Rabbi Woke is a good friend for over 50 years, and he performed the ceremony. And he was so adorable, he made it a baseball theme. And meanwhile, I belonged to a different temple, and I felt a little uncomfortable that my rabbi wasn't included. But we went to see him, and we told him the whole story, and he had another engagement anyway, so that worked out fine. But he did bless us on the pulpit about a month later, and also with the baseball theme. Yes. And when we were about to get off the pulpit, he handed us a bag of Cracker Jacks and peanuts in Temple. Oh, <laughs> it was so, so cute. cute. Okay, so you're there at your grandparents' party, and yeah. they just said we're about to get married. Like, what are you? What are you feeling? I was completely stunned, and I was sitting at a table with all of my cousins who tend to be a little bit rowdy anyway. We're a lot, we're, we like to joke a lot. So I think we also had had a few drinks, and we all, our jaws dropped. Because we had come with the understanding that this was just another party, and we were very excited about this party because it's just a legendary thing. Like, very few grandfathers just throw dance parties. So nobody was going to miss it. No, no, and all my friends always ask if they can come. Get the picture off the wall. Everyone wants to be invited to this party. Um, so I went, and we were having a great time. It was baseball-themed. I purchased my first baseball hat and baseball shirt. And so when they said they were getting married, I just was like... So I wish someone had had a camera yeah, that's what everybody on says. the faces of particularly the grandchildren, because we could not believe it. And we were obviously really excited, but... I've never had the rug pulled out from under me so fast before. I it was it was very special, very emotional, um, and the ceremony was beautiful. And now Pooch has gotten a photo, which I'm sure you guys can yeah, put online. Yeah, we're looking at a photo. Yeah, we would definitely. Put but that. then all of a sudden, my family went from a pretty decently sized family to a much bigger family. So we, you know, all were taking pictures with the whole family, and all of a sudden, you had to pull fit in like 20 plus people into the photo, um, have a lot of little new uh, cousins, and it's it was so much fun. And I think everyone at the party, too, was shocked. Well, it was a great party. If I say so myself, it, it was a great, great party. party. And then this was the icing on the cake, really. It really was. It was very nice. And there are a couple of my grandsons in this picture who are very little. They were here during the evening. But then their dad came over and got them and oh, brought what, them in time for oh, the surprise. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't so, want to miss that. You know, this yeah. is one of them, this is one of them. I think the important details, too, is they really thought about every element of this. Pooch went upstairs in the venue to change into a white dress. 
um, my mom and all of Pooch's um, daughters and my aunt all took flowers from out under the table so they could be the bridesmaids. I mean, like, people thought about this. My dad and my uncle and all the <laughs> other husbands put on jackets. So they had, like, their own bridal parties. I mean, like, they really put in the work to make all the details come to life. And it was, it was so special. This is the groom. He simply put a jacket on over I his baseball it. clothes. But I ran upstairs. I belonged to Beach Point almost all my life. And my daughters reminded me that I went upstairs to the room where they would change their clothes into their wedding attire when they got all married at the club. So I went upstairs and put on my pretty dress and came down and shocked the world. Yes. <laughs> and um, I think you should talk about the fact people's reactions post-wedding. I mean... We live in, or you live in a relatively small town, you know a lot of people, but how have people reacted since the wedding? Well, I call it, the, they have been calling it the party of the century, and literally people are coming up to me that I don't even know. Oh, we heard about your wedding party, and everybody's so stunned. Everybody at Beach Point, of course I know everybody at Beach Point, but a distant, you know, my, these are my friends, and then there are the others, and they've all heard about it, and they come running up to us. It's just amazing. Doesn't everybody get married in 1985? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but, that, but that also is an, it's such an incredible um, moment to have because there's, there's the stereotype of that as you kind of get older, that less and less, I guess, big moments start ha happening, right? But it doesn't have, I guess it doesn't have to be like that at all. And I will tell you a little anecdote. I had counted up, we, we ended up with 150 people at the wedding, uh, at the party, because once we knew this was happening, we did expand the list, figuring, well, it's going to be a wedding, so there are other people that really should be included. And I counted up before the party, there were 32 widowed people, only two men, 30 women who were widowed at that party. There were also 14 couples who were living together at our stage of life, but not married, had lost a spouse and were living together. And that's what we're doing these days at this stage of life. And at the end of the party, we're never mentioning who, one of the guys, one of those guys, came up to Alan and whispered in his ear, oh my God, what you've done to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Meaning he's got to propose now? Yeah. <laughs> no, he was afraid that the, the girlfriend was going to say, hey, how about us? Yeah, good point. It's pretty Who, funny. How did, how did you feel being a bride? Like, is it as powerful it, as it would ever? It doesn't I, matter your age, doesn't matter your situation? I will tell you that I was a little bit anxious, well, nervous. Not, no. I was a little bit, I don't even know what word to use, because I certainly wasn't nervous or upset, but I was a little anxious for a couple of weeks. I just wasn't as calm as I usually am. But then the day of the party... I sat at a table with a bunch of one of my daughter's relatives, because she married a man who's one of seven siblings. We were sort of separating ourselves at the party just to take care of everybody. And then I disappeared. Well, once I went up and put on this dress, I was very excited, and my daughters were all helping us. You know, one went up and helped me got dressed. One got the, made sure the flowers were in the hands of all the daughters. Um, just everything was happening. Um, so it was very exciting. The important Just thing i got to tell you is I couldn't have gone through life alone. i got to be honest with you, uh, I need a companion. In fact, my wife, before she passed away, gave me the name of somebody she thought I would maybe get along with very nicely. I never dated her, by the way. 
But she gave me a name, and, and uh, you know, maybe it's supposed to wait some period after your spouse passed, but I couldn't go it alone. And, and, I, I, and I, you know, I hope all the best for you all. I, don't want, I want you to have somebody you can share things with, and that's important. Yeah. And isn't it that gal who never forgave you? For no, no, that's another one. Oh, <laughs> oh Alan. <laughs> Helen. Well, there's someone, uh, someone else who got annoyed that I got hitched before she had a chance to get hitched. I think it's important to note, too, that with Sally, my grandmother, they never spent more than one night apart, right? oh, well, ever. If it was ever, it was very brief. But my wife is a very good bridge player. She would never become a, a life master or whatever the term is. You had to go off to Pittsburgh or Alabama to plan some tournaments. She just... Well, it was a very special marriage. Very early on. And I was thinking, knowing that you were coming, I was thinking about it. And she got sick very early in our marriage. She'd been sick before, had many illnesses, and she got sick pretty soon after we got married. And so I knew that every day was very special. And uh, it meant, you know, I didn't want to be apart. I feel the same way about Pooch every day at our age. You know, we got a call this morning and somebody just passed away. We know somebody else who just had a, a birthday party yesterday, age 99, going strong. By the way, he went to his Harvard reunion. He was the only, he was the oldest person at the reunion and he was the only classmate, the only one from his class at the reunion. I can't even imagine what that must He's terrific. The man like. has got his marbles. He's smart as a tack. That's amazing. So we have, we have two friends like that, who are very good friends, who just turned 99. Wow. That's awesome. It's amazing. What I find also fascinating, if you just look at the lifespan of technology, of the change of technology through your lifestyle, and I can't even imagine what that would be like to have seen such a huge shift. And that's only like one little element of, of what you would have experienced. Absolutely. Well, even the introduction of technology has changed love and finding love so much in 99 years. Yeah, I doubt you guys were getting on the dating apps no. you know, back in the day. No. No. Thank he, had, he would have had too many women after him. Oh, no, no. no. You know what was lovely about what you were talking about is that it was your friends and it was your family members that right. that helped you. That, that was... A friend of mine said to me the other day, he's like, what's the point of a friend if they're not going to help set you up with someone? <laughs> I was like, there might be Well, I would say this. I, I, there's no question that one of the things that probably inspired me to get married were my friends were getting married. And I realized, gee, they're getting married. I think I should start thinking about it, which I hadn't been really. I was having a good time. How old were you when you got married? 26. 26. Sally was 23. I was 21. Yeah. I would have expected you had just graduated. I just graduated and my husband was 23. And Pooch, how was it going to one of the, you know, best colleges in America, to Brown, and then, and then getting married sort of straight afterwards? Well, I have to tell you, Essie, Brown has a reputation today a lot huger than it was then. And it was a different college then. I am so grateful I went there because in my day, the first two years, we took four core courses the first term freshman year, four core courses the second term, the same in the second year. 
I had never heard the word economics in our day. We did not know anything about the word economics. And today, in high school, they're teaching economics. I had never heard the word, but I was good in math. Boring, but I was good in it. I was good in French, but I was not a great reader. I was good in math. So I, when I went to college, I figured I would either major in math or French. Math was boring, and French, I found out, you don't just write it and speak it. You have to read French literature. Yeah. And I thought, well, I don't want to read English literature. So that was no good. And meanwhile, I was taking all these core courses. Well, I have to tell you, being good in math, I was good in economics. I got an A at college in economics, and I liked it. I'm so grateful because I ended up majoring in it, graduated, got married, had children, never could understand why did I go to such fancy college, why did I major in economics, and finally when my kids got big enough, I went down to NYU and got tested and ended up getting an MBA. So I'm still so grateful that somebody led me the way back at Brown. Today you go to Brown and you take anything you want from day one. I would not have done well at that. No. So I'm really very grateful. So I did go to NYU. I got my MBA, only two courses at a time, for four and a half years instead of two years because my kids were still at home. And you had a, quite a few kids. Like I have four daughters. Yeah. And when they finally were all gone, off to work I went and had a fabulous career for 25 years. For whatever it means, you should know that her daughters got married in the late 30s, early 40s, all four yeah. of them. Yeah. Were you worried about that? Were you getting concerned? Um, I don't remember feeling that way because they were leading wonderful lives. They had great professions, a lot of friends, a lot of dating, and they just weren't finding the right guy. And if they were happy, that's all that mattered to me. Um, sure, I was happy when they got married, yeah. but just to say something very sad, the two things that make me very sad about losing my husband so long ago is that he never walked his daughters down the aisle. I did. There, he was gone. And he never saw his grandchildren, and that makes me cry every time I say it. Yeah. He never knew his grandchildren. So, um, anyway, I don't remember being unhappy about anything way back when. I had a wonderful life. Mm -hmm. very, very blessed. And now this guy came along, and now the end of my life is going to be blessed and happy. Yeah. Amen. Alan, did you, have you walked a few people down the aisle, your daughter? I'm waiting. You're waiting? <laughs> <laughs> He does say that one of the reasons he got married is because none of his grandchildren are getting married. <laughs> I thought it would be, a, it would be an inspirational. I think it's a mistake. It, it, was an insp it was inspirational to see that. I mean, it's inspirational to see people who, who love each other so much and respect each other. And, and something that I was telling Essie and Grace in the car ride up here is that I do think you both honor your past partners. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's very special. And I, I don't know if I've really seen that that much. I would not not have experienced that with other people, but the fact that you acknowledge the other person's, um, the other partner's birthdays, the anniversaries of their deaths, I mean, that's incredible. And that shows a really deep level of respect that I don't know if I necessarily see in a lot of relationships that my friends have, but maybe it's also because we haven't experienced so much yet. But I think that's... Amazing. And Was that something you decided early on? I will give your grandpa a lot of credit for that because my husband's gone for so long, and I hate to admit it, but it's so long ago that I don't remember a lot mm -hmm. of those feelings. But he adored Sally, and he talks about her a lot, and he has gotten me to bring back mm -hmm. memories. And that has increased exactly what you're just saying for me in the last few years. So I give you a lot of credit for that. Yeah. 
That's really special. I am. Um, it was interesting, Alan, when you said about you knew that you needed a, a partner or you wanted a partner in life. Because my dad is very similar, mm -hmm. uh, and I've, he got divorced and has been sort of with a partner ever ever since. Um, and I sort of then have the mum that never got married or hasn't had the partner at all. And I, I mean this in a really like lovely, upbeat question, but what, what are your favourite elements of having a partner? Like what, what, what are those parts that you really love? You know, just even going to a movie and sitting alone at a movie, when you're watching the movie, it's nice to have somebody sitting next to you afterward you can talk about the movie. You want to share wonderful events with someone. I'd like to add something to that. I truly believe that when you're divorced, you don't want to do it again so fast because you've had an unhappy relationship. Um, when you've had a happy marriage, especially the men, they will do it much quicker and easier again because they had such a good relationship, had such a wonderful life with somebody in their lives, and I don't think they ever really want to be alone. And we women somehow last longer. Of course, we run our own households, so we're accustomed to it, and we go on. But I just think the men who have had good marriages and lose a partner are willing to do it again sooner. Mm. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the other incredible thing is, um, I don't have any grandparents left. They sort of were gone quite early on. Uh, and I hear about your wonderful family and I hear about these parties. And I also um, just have always been fascinated that my grandma, before she passed away, she was the head of the family. Like the, her husband had passed years and years before. And she was like, you know, she had a special a chair at like family events and, and she was this leader. And I don't think that you ever, you know, going through life, you don't realize that you're building this beautiful world around you that one day you will kind of be, like I think it's like the tribal leader yeah. of it. But you two are. I mean, you just had a big party and there's lots of people We're very fortunate. I'm very fortunate in that all my grandchildren are roughly the same age and live in the same area. They're really good friends. Pooch doesn't have that. Her children are scattered, and the children range from 10 to 20-some-odd. Even when they get together, what does a 25-year-old have in, really, in a relationship with a 10-year-old? So it's special that my kids are all here in the same age, and, and they really have a great time. It gives me great joy. I do have to commend Pooch, because I do think our family is unique in that way that we all are very similar in age. We are pretty good friends outside of family events. And I think coming into that situation is a little crazy. I've introduced friends and significant others into that scenario. And I think it's always a little bit challenging because we have our own way of speaking and, you know, language with each other because we grew up together. But Pucha has just entered that in an amazing way. And I think that's very commendable. Yeah, and I'd like to make a couple of comments, too. Um, again, because Alan and I got together very soon after he lost his beautiful wife. Um, and I think your mother and her sister had a little hard time with it. But it didn't take long for them to realize how happy he was being cared for and having somebody who cared so much for him. And they came to grips with it within time. 
And at our stage of life, I'll talk about my daughters, they think they're taking care of me now. <laughs> and I still am their mother, and I feel that I'm their mother. With your family, I don't look at Peggy and Liz as mm -hmm. my children. I look at them like practically sisters because they're so grown up and mature. And if anything, you saw Liz wanted to help oh, <laughs> Grandpa geez. out of his chair when he's out of that chair every day all by himself. But um, it, it's just been wonderful. And the two families have gotten along very well. And they're so happy that we're happy that my family still allows me to be their mother, but watch over us, they watch over us, and your family overly watch over us <laughs> with no complaints. They're wonderful, That's and true. I love them dearly. How would you des describe that role, though, now of being of, of the grandparents of, the, of that area? What, what do you guys, because I'm presuming that stages through parenting, it, it develops. Um, you know, at one point you literally just make sure they don't fall on the floor and that they eat because they can't do any of that. And but now they're all grown up and you've got grandchildren and stuff. Well, how do you see how do you see your role now as as a parent? Um, my daughters still look up to me and ask for guidance if they need it. Very seldom, um, but we really are friends as well as relatives and. They're just, you know, I will tell you, I see that my brother died a couple years ago, and my sister is mentally out of it and in a lounge chair 24-7, probably for now five years, and I'm still healthy and going strong and able to care for my buddy um, happily. So I don't think there's been really any change. I will always be my daughter's mom, and they see that I'm doing fine, so they aren't overwhelming me with their care yet. And you're going to meet one of them today. My youngest daughter oh, is at the beach probably, well she will be soon, with her youngest son. He wasn't feeling well the other day so he didn't bring his friend to the beach because he just wants to sit and take a nap <laughs> and after he swims in the pool. I don't know but anyway you'll see him. Um, and as Alan said, my grandchildren range from age 24 down to twin 10 year olds and boys are so different from girls, oh my gosh. Yes. So um, it's just not the same. Um, you know, the little grandchildren, we went to a conference the other day, it was just remarkable about technology with kids these days and the fact that they're on their iPads or whatever you call them, day after day after day, whenever they have free time. And because I know my littlest grandsons are typical of that, we went to this conference, it was fabulous, and it just kept saying the mothers when you become a mother, you've got to watch over your kids and only allow a certain amount of time. So I watch these little kids. I'm not their mother, so I just keep quiet and they have to deal with it, but it's so different. The By the way, it has nothing to do with love, but I'm really concerned about the younger generation. Yeah? I really don't see, see them reading. I don't see them knowing how to write a letter. I don't see them knowing how to smell, how to spell. Speaking of smell, I don't think that they go out and smell the roses, and it's bothersome to me. I really worry that they don't read poetry and, you know, can go on and on and on. We and they're missing down. a lot because of it. We went down a few weeks ago. Um, my littlest grandsons are all in private schools now for various reasons, and the twins are in separate schools. And we went down for a grandparents' day, and ten days later we went back down to... It's down in Baltimore Maryland area. For yeah. the second grandparents' day. 
And when we were outside after school, and they were on the trampoline that they got for a big birthday present, or riding their bikes, or, oh, they were even hitting some golf balls. It was so cute. Then we interacted beautifully. But as soon as he walked in the house, no conversation. Alan took a nap. I went and read my newspapers because they just don't talk or read. They're on their iPads. So, you know, I'd love to see that improve, but it's not up to me. No, I think, they said before, I think that has changed the way people approach relationships and love. And, you know, for better or for worse, it's some people could argue either way, but I definitely think it's changed things. And I think I have this anecdote that when my grandfather moved out of his house that he shared with my grandmother, you had so much stuff. You remember you said, Allison, get a dumpster now, throw out all your stuff because you don't want to deal with this later in life. But he had a lot of beautiful books, and so I took some of them, and one of them was a book of Portuguese love poems. And inside the inscription, it was from Grandma, and it said, because I love you, and that's it. And I thought that was just so simple and beautiful, and that is just something that I think rarely, if ever, happens anymore, to be presented with a book of poetry. I mean... Yeah, but I think it's just so important that that the grandparents and and stuff try and show... Like, because you've now grown up seeing what your grandfather loves and, like, getting letters and... and well, you like, all went to Walden. I mean, you can't go to a better camp of Walden. Exactly. Walden. Where you have to write letters to your parents <laughs> and your grandparents, like, every yeah. day. And I just think that, that that presence of the older generation with the really young generation is just so important nowadays, just mm-hmm. so they can know what, it, you know, what was really... I'm nervous of asking this question. Do you know the difference between a maple tree and an oak tree? I do. I know that the leaves are different. My mum taught me when she came over from Australia. Uh, but but not... I thought going to Walden, you shouldn't. Yeah, but I was the camp counsellor. I wasn't being taught the, the right things. I, <laughs> I would say our nature programming is maybe not as good as it maybe once was. Maybe it's died down a little bit. Um, I have a... Yeah, yeah please. Um, I think this is an interesting aspect of your relationship but what is the role that music has played in your relationship because I think that's so critical to like how it's evolved and the things that you do on a daily basis well he loved to play the piano and he fell and hurt his hand a couple of years ago and he thinks he doesn't play as well as he should and I don't agree with him I think he's fabulous but except when he just doesn't feel like it he plays the piano twice a day he was playing for Burke to the patients. Um, where else do you play? You know, it sounded kind of funny. At this, uh, who's telling about this conventional me- this meeting we had the other day? One of the mothers was concerned that as soon as her son walked into a room, he put on music. I, what are you nervous about? I think that's so wonderful. Like, I don't know what kind of music, but it's still music. And I, I don't walk into a room without this got to be music. He has music on 24-7. When he takes a nap on the couch, the music has to be on on the television. You've got music on all the time. That's very important. (laughs) And I will also tell you, I'm listening to the birds. He has taught me to listen to the tweet, 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 or pew, pew, pew of the birds, and I now hear the birds all the time. Pew, pew, pew is a a cardinal, by the way. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) And you just asked him a question I would never have been able to answer about the different being 
leaves on a tree, mm -hmm. much less the birds. But now I'm learning. Yeah. Never really stops, does it, the learning? Yeah. Well, the music, I couldn't live without music. We were at the Philharmonic a lot. We were going to Carnegie Hall a lot. The Metropolitan Opera. Are there any recommendations that we should definitely listen to, Helen? Well, opera is my favorite. And you, you, know, <laughs> you know, you start with Puccini Butterfly and Bohem, and you move on, and the opera's wonderful. And I will add to that. If, have you ever gone to an opera movie? No, no. Oh my gosh. You must. <laughs> uh oh, we just lost our credit. You, yeah. <laughs> you must. Because, first of all, going to the opera itself will cost you maybe $150 to sit way in the back of the orchestra, which I never appreciated. I'm a former volunteer theater producer, so I love the staging and I enjoy that. But to sit all the way in the back and not be able to really see everything going on on the stage bothered me. And I used to go with a, a lady friend before I became involved with Alan. And then we started going to the opera movies. You not only see it up close, obviously, but between scenes, Renee Fleming or some famous opera star will interview the actors, or whatever you call them, and then you watch the sets being changed, and you see the whole thing up close. I love the opera movies. You've got to go someday. Really there, are maybe, mm -hmm. there may be six or eight a year. So when the, the new season... Um, I promise you we are going to go. It's on <coughs> they, they play at BAM. Okay, so we then we're, we're going. So I have, I have one final last question, and Pooh, just kind of towards you, because you just mentioned that before you, there was quite a few years gap between your um, late husband passing away and meeting Alan, and you said, you know, you, you would go with girlfriends to things because you, you sort of didn't have, you know, sometimes maybe. Oh, no. Go um, ahead. Uh, but I wondered if you... During this time, did you sort of start to get maybe to the point where you're like, maybe I won't find a, a second a person and maybe it will, it will sort of just be me or, or your brain didn't even go there? Well, first let me say that I'm one of these people and I don't, I don't think this is a good thing to say, but I, I've loved men all my life as well as women. And because particularly I belonged to Beach Point and had a fabulous career, I was with men all the time, too, and I didn't go out with my girlfriends a lot. I went to the club with families, uh, couples, um, and only now at this stage of life are so many of us becoming alone, because I was young, of course, but my friends have usually been men and women, and in the professional career, mostly men. Um, and during those years, there were times when I really would love to meet somebody, and then I would just get so tired of the dating system. It wasn't always fun. Maybe you understand. Um, that <laughs> a little I, bit. That I didn't care for a while. And then I did care once, and I tried the dating game. Yuck. <laughs> that was not fun, you know, on the computer and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, that wasn't fun. And I think when Al and I all of a sudden got together, I was in an okay stage. So I was totally taken by surprise. Mm. So I think you go up and down, but I was never upset or angry. Just moments when, gee, it would be nice to meet somebody, yeah. and moments when it just didn't matter. And no, I didn't go out with my girlfriends a lot. I always went out with couples, mm. but there were very few of me mm. that had lost their husbands. 
Thank you so much um, for Thank sharing you. with us. It's been so lovely. And I've heard so much about you for years. So I'm, I'm so glad we finally got to meet. And, you know, if you ever want to invite us to your parties, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, just throwing it out there. Um, I'm not sure we're going to have another one, though. <laughs> you never never say never. Yeah. We you never know. You but never is, know. There, is there anything else you want to add while your brains have been churning, while we've been chatting about this? No, I think you've asked a lot of wonderful questions, and uh, I hope you I find right. the man who you'd like to be with, because I think it's nice to share. And I think the more time goes on, you get probably a little more finicky. Person's feet are too big, this or that, and uh, I think it's it's. I want you to share your life with someone. So good luck to all of you. And he was worth waiting for, believe me. No, and, no. and I keep, every day I wake up and I say, are you going to promise me five more years? I stopped saying seven years. I've said five years. Is that fair enough? And I say it's not, and I say it's not in my hands. And then, of course, as Alan said at the very beginning, I just called a friend today whose husband has been at home for a couple of years. He's been in a wheelchair, mentally fine, but physically not great. And he hasn't been out of the house for a long time. He was at my wedding in 1953. He's one of my oldest friends. And we just called this morning and found out that he died last night. Oh, so and this is going on and on and on. When you're so with that thought, let's go to the beach and have a good time. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you very much. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Hello, this is exciting for me. Uh, I've been playing the piano for 70 years, and I've never... Uh, recorded the songs, but for my 85th birthday, I think it's time to put my songs uh, on a CD for posterity so other people can enjoy them as much as I've enjoyed these songs over 70 years. The first songs I'm gonna play are a medley that I've loved these pages in the book, I'm Always Chasing Rainbows, I'm in the Mood for Love, I Wanna Be Around, and I'm Through With Love. <laughs> 